Welcome to Don't Give Up Space Cowboy, the podcast that always opens with the Queen's Gambit. My name is Jeremy Greer. I'm your host. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Mosher. Chris, how are you today, my friend? Yeehaw, partner. That's how I'm doing today. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm excited to get back to this. We've t- taken quite a bit of a break from this. We sure have. Doing some Witcher stuff, doing some uh, Super mm-hmm. Hunk stuff. But uh, it was good to, to turn on, fire up the old Blu-ray player and stick this disc back in and, and get back yeah. into it. Um, it's... This this show just like does stuff to me like with the music starts and the animation oh, yeah. it just it just works oh, yeah. for me real well. So. You start getting that real folk blues. I start getting that real folk <laughs> blues. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so last time we we ended an episode in the middle of a cliffhanger. Uh, yeah, good on us. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, can you tell us uh, exactly where we? what was happening in that episode oh man okay so uh i think last time everybody was up on on the ship um <laughs> this is already going poorly so they have this ship right they're, they're space bounty hunters and they hang out on the ship called the bebop anyway so i was I looking for Faye, a little bit more detail they had, they had robbed they had robbed the bebop and, and taken off onto this planet and this, this ice planet and they were going to go look for her, or or Jet was going to go look for her because she, she basically she stole the money because she wanted to be followed on the planet. She runs into trouble. She runs into this guy named Gren, who she finds out is kind of tied up with Vicious, who was you know our our antagonist from a few episodes ago. Uh, and th- this kind of strange web starts to unfold as as a sort of despondent or uh, depressed Faye kind of listens and, and catches up on what's been going on in this guy Gren's life. Meanwhile, on this same planet, there is a, a the code name Julia keeps coming up, and then the name Julia means a lot to Spike. We don't quite get the full story yet, but he knows that this woman named Julia, who he was very close to in the past, um, is supposedly on this planet, or something uh, having to do with her is on this planet. And what that ends up being is this basically this drug deal between Vicious and, and Gren, uh, and they're using the code name Julia. We end off with Spike actually getting shot by Lynn, who is a character who works for uh, Vicious or works in the same syndicate that Vicious currently works in that Spike also used to work for. So there's a lot of complicated relationships going on here. But the last time we saw Spike, he had just taken a bullet in the chest, and that was it. Yeah, this is um, and Spike really only that had was involved. not very concise. That was in as tight as it, as it should have been. <laughs> well, but, I, I gave you no you know. preparation on that one, so that's my fault. <laughs> uh, I mean, Spike gets involved because this drug deal that they're doing is uh, codenamed. Uh, is it Julia? Is the yeah, it's Julia? Codenamed it's Julia. Julia, which he is um, is a figure in his past. We don't know exactly what. We've seen some flashbacks, but we don't really know anything about it. Before we jump to the main episode, I just want to say thank you to the people that are making this podcast possible. They've gone to patreon.com slash monster of the week and yes. pledged some bucks so that we do these. Uh, and we, we release these on a Patreon exclusive feed every single month, whether it's this or the Witcher or any of our uh, user suggested things, our listener suggested mm-hmm. episodes. So thank you everybody for having done yeah, that thanks, already. Guys. Uh, we are going to be covering session 13, Jupiter jazz part two. This aired on January 16th, 1999. It was written by Kiko Nobumuto. Uh, Spike wakes up after being tranquilized and looks for vicious. Faye learns about from Glenn, man, I am, I am not podcast ready today, Chris. (laughs) One of those days. Jesus Christ. This is that Thursday energy, man. Um, (laughs) Spike wakes up after being tranquilized and looks for Vicious. Faye learns from Grin about his past with Vicious. Everyone meets up for a confrontation involving a red eye deal. Ooh. Uh, so this picks up pretty much right where the other episode left off. The The intro yeah. kind of spoiled it, but we thought that Spike was dead. Uh, but it turns out he's just been tranquilized. He's laying there and he kind of starts waking up and he's struggling to, to, to wake up as this like yeah, it's- feather dr- drifts down onto his body. Yeah, it's it's a very evocative first shot. We see these these birds kind of scattering up to the sky, and then the one single feather that lands on Spike's chest, and he's splayed out like arms and legs wide, laying on the white snow with this big puffy pink jacket. <laughs> it somehow it's very silly, but very funny or very serious at the same time. Mm-hmm. He kind of finally opens his eyes and he realizes, like, oh shit, I'm not dead. Um, but this whole episode. It, it starts here, but this is about maybe, what, three minutes into the episode's runtime of the 22 minutes or however long the episode is. Because mm-hmm. if you take out the the little short recap that they do, and then the episode or the uh, the episode intro, the song, and then the outro song, 
this this really just feels like the like a cutoff from the last episode. It doesn't feel like it was supposed to be broken up into two parts because most of the action seems like it happens in the first episode, and then this one is just like, all right, let's just get to the end now, which doesn't make it bad. No, it's no, just no, interesting no. watching mm. it so many months apart now to to kind of see like, oh yeah, everything happened last episode, and this is just the result of all that stuff now. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. Um, so the first thing that we're gonna get, the real the first real meaty uh, section is we go to Grin and Faye. Uh, the last time we left them, they were kind of in this weird standoff. Uh, but uh, Grin basically has to. Faye is, wants to know how he knows Vicious, so Grin kind of lays out the story. They were on Titan together. I'm assuming that's the the Saturn's moon. Is that right? Yeah, I um, believe so. It's it's a moon. I sure, it's, it's a moon. I, I played. Just remember, Dest- the I played Titans, Destiny. Okay? It's there somewhere. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> uh, and we get this this flashback of um, a bunch of scenes of war and destruction. Mm-hmm. We see like skeletons still with uniforms on, holding guns that are buried in the sand. Uh, we see like all these planets in the sky. We see uh, soldiers like playing cards. All this other stuff. Um, and then we go to Vicious, who is sitting in a trench, like holding a music box, and uh, it's playing this very specific song that I believe we've heard before. And yeah. Grin is sitting there next to him and says, what song is this? And he goes, it's named Julia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is interesting because it's a this war-torn, like, hellish landscape. But I think this is really the only time that we see Grin expressing any kind of happiness. Uh, he's, like, weirdly very nostalgic for this time. And he says it himself, he went to this to join this war on Titan because he wanted comrades. Mm-hmm. And he says that he was attracted to that word, that he, he needed comrades, he felt he needed that, he was pulled in by, by that word and what it meant, the essence of it, which is kind of a lofty thing to just be hearing from this character, but that's why he went to war. He was clearly somebody who maybe felt very isolated and he needed other people to rely on, and he went to this, this hellish place to get that. And of all the people that he could have found a comrade in, it happened to be Vicious, who shares with him this this music box, says the song's called Julia, and yeah, he he asks, Hey, can I can I play that tune when I get back home on my saxophone, you know? Um <laughs> Which is which is a weird thing to ask because you would just assume like is, you could do that. Like it's a song. Right. Like it's not now presumably Vicious it's not kinda, copyrighted. <laughs> right, right. Vicious kind of hesitates I guess we don't really see any visible hesitation on him, but he he doesn't right away do this. But after, you know, a pause, he hands Gren the music box. So, you know, it symbol, symbolically just saying, like, yep, here you go. I'm passing this off to you. Like, there you go. Not even symbolically. Literally, he's doing that. But we don't get all the details of this music box, but there is something more to this. So in Gren's eyes, he just kind of got his, his comrade. He earned a friend right there. But to Vicious, he, he was basically handing over something that he was not supposed to have. There was something inside that music box. I don't exactly know what it is. But that's what ends up getting Gren in trouble those years later. Um, or when he tries to go home, he, he's seen as a spy. It's because of something in this music box, as, as far as I'm aware. I nev- I didn't pick up on it you know, when I originally watched this, but it was something I was trying to piece together this time around. Um, and of course, in typical Vicious fashion, even after he hands over this, this music box, which on its surface could almost be seen as a, as a moment of like tenderness for vicious but it, it, he instantly like spins around and like pushes gren's head aside and then stabs a scorpion the old scorp that was crawling right beside him and it's just very intense violent move and like sure he just saved his life but it's all just very intense and, and very vicious i guess <laughs> no pun absolutely intended this just oh, goes yeah. to show you that vicious can't do anything like like a normal person like everything has to be with the flourish or with like some amount of flair or drama like yeah. handing I mean, over he carries the music a box. katana and a bird sure so. yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's got he's got issues, is, is what we're saying. He's got a whole thing. Yeah, um, we find out that eventually during this, um, Grin gets convicted of being a traitor somehow. I just want to say, I just want to say, if Spike is like the epitome of like a chill guy, you know, he wears his leisure suit, he smokes cigarettes, easy come, easy go, whatever happens, happens. Vicious is the exact opposite because again, he carries a katana and a fucking and a bird. bird. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> he's the least chill dude of all time. So Grin gets convicted of being a traitor. Um, he goes yeah. to jail, uh, and then while he's in jail, um, he he takes an experimental drug that causes all of his hormones that yeah. go out of whack. We saw this in the last episode when Faye finds him in the shower that he's got a very womanly figure. He's got breast um, and that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's explained here, and I'm glad it is. Like I'm glad this is just like oh hey this happened and not like some weird like 
I don't want to get into that territory at all in this. Right. In this it's it's not a weird gag or anything exactly, like that. It's yeah. like, it's actually Faye something very serious. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And Faye is just shocked to see him. And then he's even like, yeah, when I, I was convicted as a spy when I came home from war and what I found out was that vicious is the one who testified against me. And when I found that out, you know, we don't know what Gren's past was before this, but if he was going to, to hell, to, to find friends, you know his life couldn't have been great. Um, so to find out that his, maybe his only friend, this guy Vicious, who he has, he's formed an attachment to, to find out that he's the one who who betrayed you and, and testified against you, Gren just kind of lost his shit. And so, yeah, he, he started taking this experimental drug. I don't know if it was supposed to be something that, like, calms you down. It was an experimental drug being used on prisoners. Um, but yeah, it, it became highly addictive, and it threw his hormones all out of whack. So it, it's not only that, he, he's, he's lost all of his friends. He's addicted to a drug. He was convicted of being a spy, wrongfully convicted. And now his body is is different than how he originally had it. And it's his, his whole life is just tips up tipped upside down. And he tells he tells Faye that uh, the reason that he's trying to get in touch with, with Vicious, the reason that he's trying to do this drug deal, is because he wants to talk to Vicious and find out why he found out if he was framed. He tells Faye this right now, um, and he also like Faye is like, "What are you? Are you crazy? That dude's a killer. He's going to kill you." And he's like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not scared of being killed by Vicious whatsoever." Um, Faye says, "Like, well, what? Why am I here? Like, why did you bring me back?" And, and Grin has this kind of sense of loneliness about him, like you just mentioned. And it's, it's. Mm-hmm. He says, "Like, well, I don't really know. Like, maybe just because I wanted the company, I wanted someone to talk to." And Faye responds by pulling her gun and starting to shoot at Grin, which I didn't. Yeah, I didn't quite understand what what's going through Faye's mind. Unless I think, she thinks she's in danger of some sort. I think Faye reacts very powerfully to things, and I think that her actions don't always betray her emotions necessarily mm-hmm. um you know she runs away because she's acting like she's done with the bebop but she also stole what very little money they have because she knows that they'll come after her um which is what she wants and she she fires her gun at gren but but did she want to hurt him was she going to intentionally miss like we don't really know what Faye's actions say about how she feels uh i really i liked her line to him about um you just help someone selfishly and then bring them home and then you just go off to die. It's like, even in this moment where, where Faye is almost reflecting some of what Gren is talking about, searching for friends, searching for, for comrades, Faye is kind of in that same boat. She's somebody who has found comrades, but just can't allow herself to stick with them. Something in her always makes her run away or push people away. Mm-hmm. And even here, it's like some, some new guy has saved her and, and brought her home with him. But, now he's just like, okay, yeah, I brought you home just before I'm about to go perhaps meet my death. So she's just – she's frustrated by all of this and firing her gun, I guess, is her way of showing that. Sure. Yeah, which makes sense. I can I can see that. Uh, from here, we move over to Jet, who is at the uh, – Yeah, I at, guess it's Grant overpowers her at some point. We don't, it's like off camera kind of. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah that's, that that's kind of just resolves. We, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jed is is at the is at the bar uh, where we previously saw Grin playing. Uh, the bartender kind of confirms with him that he saw Faye, and uh, also also tells him like she was sitting right there on that stool, and that's where Julia used to sit on that same yeah. stool. She would come in every there are no night. No women on this planet, so it's a big deal <laughs> every time you see one. Yeah, especially if you have like you know dramatically gorgeous women like Julia and right. Faye are, are represented to be. Um, then we go over to Spike, who has this. Uh, as he's waking up from this, from being tranquilized, uh, he has this dream sequence and we see just a a whole lot of like confusing and random imagery. We've got, we've got guns, we've got roses, we've got axles, we've got slashes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, lots of guns, lots of roses. There's Julia there. Um, there's like this weird kind of narration happening where my left eye can see the past and things like that, which sounds like something out of a David Lynch movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of this is, yeah, is pretty strange. Some of this we've seen before. There's like yes. uh, Spike and Vicious fighting back to back. There's Spike saying like, "When this is all over, like run away with me, leave this life with me." And presumably he's speaking to to Julia. There's Vicious saying something about something personal to her as well. I can't quite remember what it is. Um, we hear Spike saying, um, "It's like I was watching a dream." He says that to Vicious in episode five. He says, "It's like I'm watching a dream that I could never wake up from." Uh, we hear in this this voiceover, we hear Julia say those same words to him. It's like I was watching a dream. Um, and we hear Spike say, like you said, my left eye sees the past. And then we hear Julia ask, and what about your right eye? Um, yeah, and there's just a whole lot of shit. And then he wakes up, right? Um, 
Yeah. He wakes up, immediately uh, digs into his... He can barely move. He gets his arms moving just enough so that he can um, light up a cigarette, which is very much appreciated <laughs> because Spike has to be cool at all times, and cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> kids at home, are very cool. Right, right. Um, Jet runs into the guy that... Um, in the last episode, Faye kind of had a run in <laughs> with this dude yeah. and his crew that we're going to try Spike to shake. Spike had a run in with them too. So Spike this guy's been beaten in. up twice now. And now uh, the third member of the Peapop finds him. <laughs> and Jen is just being super nice and is like, hey man, like I'm looking for directions to the hotel with the with the blue door, I think is what it is. And this guy is just like freaking out, like, no, I'm not going to do anything. He's like, I'm, I'm just tired of it. Directions, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this takes Jen up back a little bit. And this dude like runs out into, the, into traffic and then immediately gets hit by a trash truck. So, like, the most tragic figure on cowboy bebop so far was this poor dude that got beat up by two-thirds of our team and then ran away from the third one into the waiting grill of a trash truck which i thought was really hilarious um luckily he finds the the door the hotel was right across the street that he was looking for so jet just Mm -hmm. continues on finds Faye, who has been um tied up grin left her to and tied her up and left her yeah um when jet runs in and he finds her so she's almost in like a she's you know sexualized here because the way she's kind of like bent over like they're doing it on purpose the way that it's lit and but jet when he comes in he even said like he makes a remark about like i didn't realize he was that type of guy and she says something dramatic to the effect of you know he's not like anyone um but he jet actually does seem concerned when he first comes in when he finds Faye, because jet's you know he's papa bear and he's worried about his kids he's worried about the 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 two dumbest brattiest people he's ever met in his life who are his children um also ed but ed you know ed's insane but she's she's really not a problem and she's and she's on the bebop like she and she yeah. takes care of herself for the most part <laughs> we so. see one scene of ed and it's her making a line of food in front of ein just being like what are you guys coming back <laughs> i'm so bored here <laughs> um so Spike tries to figure out what's going on and that has like all of these thoughts about Julia cuz he still doesn't realize that Julia was even though she was here at one time, that that, that Grin was just basically using the name Julia as bait to get Vicious involved, and Spike just mm. happened to get in, in the mix. Um, there's some real good music playing around this yeah, point. Yeah, this, this song's called Words That We Couldn't Say, and as he's just, Spike is flying around, I, I guess he's going to meet up with Vicious or find where Vicious is, and the song is playing, and Words That We Couldn't Say seems uh, pretty evocative considering we just had this intense flashback like montage, you know, this this jarbled kind of my left eye sees this and she asks what his right eye sees, but he doesn't finish it. So the flashback ends with an unfinished sentence. And then we have the song words that we couldn't say. It's, it's all very, uh, it's all very nostalgic. It's all kind of uh, bittersweet, like reaching back in, into this past that they all can't quite reach. Uh, grin and vicious communicate on the phone with each other. Um, and they make a plan to meet up so they can exchange mm-hmm. the drugs for the money. Uh, grin says, Hey, I'm not going to show up in person. I'm not that stupid. I'm going to send a woman instead. Uh, jet and Faye are together and they keep trying to figure out who, uh, who Julia is. Cause they have no idea. We get a brief scene, like you mentioned of Ed lining up food for Ayn yeah. and like <laughs> demanding souvenirs from this planet because she is incredibly intelligent and super bored. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's like me when they accidentally put me in like remedial math class for a day. And I was like, excuse me, I know, I, I know how to do this. This is real easy. Yeah. Um, so Grin, this is kind of the climactic part of the episode. Uh, Grin is is dressed up like a woman, and he's uh, because he's because his armors are out of whack. He's you know he looks like a woman. He meets with he looks vicious, like a woman, so he knows that yeah. he'll be disguised. Basically, um, they test the drugs. The drugs seem real. Um, they slide the money over. And uh, at this point, Grin sees this as an opportunity. And so he uh, he tells Vicious, like, hey, you're the one that saved me from that scorpion, and then you t- betrayed me. Uh, and he kicks the drugs over, and, of course, he planted a bomb where the, in this drug case, and it explodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from far away, Spike sees this and immediately realizes, oh, yeah, if there's shit exploding anywhere, Vicious is involved in some way, shape, or form. So I'm going to make a beeline over yeah. there. So what we learn is that inside the music box, there was a solar transmitter. Julia, when she came to this planet, she told Gren about that because she must have heard the tune or you know something. They they connected. He was playing the song on saxophone. So basically, she, I think she's the one who's like, yeah, him giving you the, this this mark of companionship in your eyes was actually the thing that fucked you over. Um, which I don't know if it's supposed to say some some greater thing. You know, friends will only let you down, something like that. Um, sure, yeah. But here, this is this is Gren like. 
even as as bombs are going off and and guns are being fired, just sort of being like we were we were comrades. How that that was something to believe in. Why are you fucking like this, vicious? And vicious being very emo, being very chill. Uh, I'm sorry, extremely unchill. I can't even believe I would say that. Uh, he he says something along the lines of like there's nothing to believe in like there's absolutely nothing to believe in and even as Lynn who who shot Spike last episode with the tranquilizer he gets shot um, he goes down yeah um, but even he as saves, that's happening he saves vicious he absolutely. saves vicious mm-hmm. yeah um, and even as that's happening uh, vicious still says there is nothing in this world to believe in um, and now this is kind of when Spike sort of flies in as as vicious is getting in his ship to take off and and, and a dogfight ensues. Yeah, so we've got Grin in a ship being chased by Vicious, who is now being chased by Spike. Um, Spike still has really no idea of the situation that he's got himself into. <laughs> um, this, <laughs> as we talk about a lot, like the animation and stuff in this is, is just absolutely brilliant. Like they're they're shooting missiles at each other. Uh, it's you know they're they're kind of bouncing back and forth. I, I really like the dog fights in this in this show. They're really good. Yeah. Apparently, uh, I was reading this in the trivia section. This came out so close to nine eleven that uh, they cut some stuff on Adult Swim. So like some missiles hitting some buildings were cut at the last minute just to not. Oh wow! I guess and you know mess with the masses or what have you um yeah but, i mean it makes sense i guess but vicious uh manages to hit grin with one missile but spike shoots the second one down um then vicious starts shooting missiles at spike uh and then he, he basically gets away from those one hits a building he shoots the other one down so basically it's just a it's just a huge dog fight between these three people mm-hmm. um for whatever reason uh not for whatever reason but the the music box that's in the the bag of drugs that i think uh grin has because grin kept the drugs do i have that right vicious here's the music box that's what it is it explodes and i think like one of his like part of his ship kind of blows up but but uh vicious is able to get back to his his mothership effectively he's able to get back to what i assume is like the syndicate's like main ship um because but we that's, see and that's right, yeah. Escape. So he he gets away, but Grin like because he was got Grin shot, was by shot down. Yeah, he, yeah. Okay, that's what it was. That's where I was getting confused. Pardon me, listeners. It's been like a week and a half since I watched this episode, so I wasn't. <laughs> I don't. I don't have it sharp like I usually do. Um, Spike finally catches up with Grin while he's on the ground, and it's like, "Where's Julia? What's happening?" Uh, Grin is is extremely injured. He starts coughing up blood, uh, right. and he's and, like, and "Right Please. here, this song starts to play, which is." The original tune to Julia or Goodnight Julia, I think, is called in the soundtrack, but it leads into this this much longer track. It's like a seven minute song called Space Lion that plays from now until the episode finishes. Um, it just starts here, so it's it's very dramatic that way. It's a uh, because Cowboy Bebop. If anytime Vicious is involved, it's going to be overly dramatic, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he begs him to put back to put. He begs Spike to put Grin back on the ship so that he can get away. Uh, but as they're talking, Grin realizes that this is Spike, and he knows Spike because of his relationship with Julia. Julia described him often. Yeah, and uh, she said she was always talking about you, and mm-hmm. she's always said that you had different colored eyes. And you said she said you get a strange feeling if you keep looking into those eyes. And this is we get like a close up on Spike's face as he's looking at Grin, and I like that his different colored eyes aren't like one's red and one's green or something like that. You know, it's like one is brown and one is a slightly different shade of brown, which is something you would only notice if you're like looking into somebody's eyes. It's not like a defining characteristic, but and even in the anime, it's, it's not that easy to tell. It could just be shading, but it is, you know, that's, that's what it is. His eyes are slightly different colors and there, there's a reason for that. But, um, what Gren wanted here was to to be you know put back in the ship, be on his way to Titan, to the place where his life had meaning, where he felt that he had comrades, where he had friends, where he wasn't alone. He knows he's not going to make it there, but he wants to die on his way there. However, he doesn't make it that long. Yeah, uh, Jet puts him on. Excuse me, Spike puts him on the on the thing and sends him out, but he he doesn't he doesn't last very long. Um, he goes back to Spike goes back to Jet who you know in the previous episode said that you know you're not welcome on the ship anymore they kind of they're past that now so Jet lets him back on the ship um Faye is reading a magazine and like kind of pondering out loud who Julia is while Ed paints her toenails on a like a, the Technicolor dream coat toenail yeah. <laughs> treatment um this scene is uh it's it's some stuff going on here because you know Faye seems really sad and mm-hmm. she sighs when she says Julia and Ed asks where they went and 
Faye says someplace very good, which I expected her to to say, you know, someplace very bad, because mm-hmm. she seems like she's really bummed out now. Um, and Ed says, how come Edward got left out? Um, and she says, I'll tell you about it someday. <laughs> and I like that Ed is like, yeah, it's all right. I'm good. And, I don't really need you to. <laughs> Ed is such yeah. the best character on this on this yeah. show, man. She's so good. And she's painting uh face toenails like you said and then mm-hmm. she's painting her her toenail blue and um the last line we get from Faye in this episode is oh ed anything but blue one of those very uh very jazzy cool cool guy lines um yeah very film you know, there's noir, no anything but blue please right the, you know and blue makes sighs. me sad or whatever yeah. yeah uh i really like that kind of line i like that turn of phrase kind of thing it just it just works for me it works it works really well uh at the end of this episode uh, we go back to the beginning of the first part where we have these kind of American Indian stereotypes who are watching the stars. There's an old man and his um, grandson or some, some young child. I don't even remember mm-hmm. if it's a boy or girl now. I think this is how the first episode started. It is. I think yeah, it was yeah. them mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. So it's kind of going back to that and they're discussing this like falling star and the poor lost soul, the soul of a warrior who you know couldn't find his way to the great beyond, whatever it is. Um, a warrior with a pitiful soul who could not find his way to the lofty realm. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's where, and I suppose that's supposed to be Gren. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. This pitiful soul. And this is, this is different than, you know, we don't get the, the real folk blues. Obviously, listener, you already got my rendition of it earlier in this episode. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we, it just kind of pans up to the, the starry sky and this song that has been playing this whole time continues to play and continues to build. And then we just get like a full credits roll, which makes this two-parter seem even more like it was supposed to just be like one 50-minute episode that they had to just – it's like a movie. It's a mini movie, really. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Uh, this These two episodes together, I think, are, are really strong. I, uh, they're continually pulling apart our core team and then putting them back together in interesting ways. And, and it's it's very – like I wouldn't have expected – and this is kind of my own bias, but I just wouldn't have expected this this level of depth in their character development in, in the show. Like I just wasn't going to expect that mm-hmm. at all. Uh, it, Spike kind of being aloof, but obviously Julia is a way straight to his heart. Anytime Julia is mentioned, he kind of freaks out. Um, Faye's obvious care and empathy for her uh, fellow, you know, compatriots, but also mm-hmm. this this weird kind of fear of beginning to get close to them. Uh, they've, yeah, they've laid out some of the stuff. Fear of getting close to them. Yeah, um, but at the same time, she has this kind of overwhelming loneliness that it's now seeming to come to the forefront. Like the closer she gets to them, the lonelier she feels. Yeah, this is good stuff. I like this. Faye has become like my favorite character this time around. I think she's a lot more interesting than I gave her credit for when I was younger. Uh, Cause Spike is the cool guy. He's your lead. And he's Mm -hmm. the one that a a young man definitely wants to kind of analyze and understand. And um, I think Faye's actions are just so interesting and she's such a contradiction of herself. And there's so many layers to Faye that um, it's, you know, it's, it's a pleasant surprise to kind of be able to unravel that onion to use Spike's words. Yeah. It's uh, she's, she's really cool. Like the, I don't know what's going on with Spike. Like we know some history with Jet, uh, but we don't really know a lot of Faye's history besides some criminal activity. And uh, mm-hmm. in session fifteen, which we'll be covering on the next episode of this podcast, there they they imply that there was going to be some history into Faye there. So I'm really mm-hmm. eager to get involved in that. Um, in the meantime, do you do you want to jump into the next episode? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, the uh, the end title card. For oh yeah. this episode. Yeah. Is, Don't give up do you space have a comrade. comrade. Oh, yeah, sorry. Don't <laughs> give up space comrade. Yeah, it's uh it's not often that we get something that isn't CU Space Cowboy, so I always want to point it out when we do get something different. We couldn't see them. So now we just pray them words that we couldn't say. So the next episode we're going to be covering is Session 14, Bohemian Rhapsody. 
January 23rd, 1999, it came out, written by Adai Soto. Spike, Faye, and Jet captured 20 thugs involved in hijacking Astral Gates, <laughs> but none of them was the mastermind with the 12 million Wulong bounty on their head. The only clue that they have is an e-chess piece that Ed uses to play a game against a cyber opponent over the net. Chess Master <laughs> Hex. This chess Master such... Hex, by the way. Extreme Dark Souls name. That's uh, so good. It's so good. <laughs> Final sentence, uh, better Spike, Faye, and Jet just pawns themselves in the Chess Masters Ooh. game. I like this. This this is kind of the bounty of the week that I, I, I really enjoy. Uh, there's some some interesting character work. There's some some real fun animation stuff, and there's some real fun like spooky, scary exploring a space station, and then it gets real goofy. So I'm I'm kind of here for this, and just in general. Yeah, it, this this is a fun episode. I'm glad that Ed gets a little um, chance to to shine. I mean, she's actually still not in all the episode, but um, I also love the intro to this episode. That is Spike punching a guy, yes. uh, Faye like sneaking up and like shocking somebody with like fake looks, lipstick, and then mm-hmm. Jet with a fucking net gun net just gun, launching man. it at like six guys so on an escalator. <laughs> oh, so fucking good! And gets them all. Uh, and then we see like a, just a, a brief frame of uh, some weird chessboard. And then uh, we go back to the bebop where Ed and I are, are chilling out. And she says, well, how did it go? And uh, they found out that they captured all 20 of these bounties. Uh, and they all found these weird chess pieces. Um, and then, but we, we don't, they all look upset. Like they're all kind of yelling over one another while they're yeah. talking about this. And we don't, we don't quite know why yet. Um, we go to this uh, kind of high rise, this really fancy building on a planet with full of glass walls and the, the whole nine. The CEO guy, uh, we're going to find out this is the company that makes all the astral gates. And he's like the, kind of in charge of all of them. Um, he's complaining because people are sending literal like paper complaints to him. <laughs> and the reason they're doing that is because they've been sending so many electronic complaints that that took the servers down. <laughs> Yeah. So he's had a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, basically, they're looking for somebody um, who has been hacking the gates, who has been causing um, some some real trouble, some real riffraff. And all of these people that were that were caught by uh, the Bebop crew, these are all like the small fry. Uh, they're all working for this chess master. Um, but consequently there's no price on any of their heads and they aren't worth anything. So it was a lot of wasted effort that got them. I mean, they did get them a little closer to, to the end goal, but they don't know that yet. So they're a little bit frustrated. They haven't caught this, you know, this head hacker and they don't really know what the hell they're doing. Um, and the big shot, we get our big shot kind of clip where the, mm-hmm. you know, our, 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 our animated Bart, like, you know, I don't even know what to call it. Like your, like your annual newscast of what's happening with yeah. the, in the world of bounties. They explain this. They explain that like, Oh, you captured all these people, but if you don't get the, the 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 mastermind behind it you don't actually collect any of the money so yeah they're they're a little pissed off yeah um this is where Faye suggests that they should all team up and split the reward and jet's like whoa weren't you the one who said that we like every man for himself like come on Faye. yeah we absolutely should not do anything like that um we go back to just briefly we, we see the chessboard when we see uh some old person kind of moving some pieces around um this this next scene uh, is the first thing that I've I've ever wanted to refer to as space ska because <laughs> okay because okay. when we Jet is going to narrate kind of his side of this he found out wh- what they actually did so uh, we and we see it happen as as it's being narrated essentially these these kind of minor criminals uh, managed to hack one of the gates so that they could take over the uh, the toll. So every time you pass mm-hmm. through these gates, you have to pay the company money to be able to approach the planet safely. They figured out a way to, you know, not only redirect the funds, but redirect all of the money out of someone's credit, um, credit card or credit account into their own funds. And they laundered it through like a series of, of very complicated transaction processes that hid the, the sources of it. Um, as all of this is happening, like as we're seeing guys like hack open the side of this gate as jet is explaining it very seriously there's just some fucking space ska playing over it dude like there's just it's yeah. just it's fucking great like i was like what the hell space, is this i love this a little bit of space ska. uh what is it called when they date when you dance this because it's skanking a little bit of space space a little space skanky hell yeah i love it um <laughs> They uh, and they also found out. Jet also found out that there's no commonality in any of these hooligans. They're all yeah. These dudes backgrounds. like it's like a, a mail order hacking manual. It's like how they got involved yeah. That's in that's, that's phase that's phase contribution. And she's like, oh yeah, the dude that that I, t- I captured had you know. And she has a flyer for this thing. And she's like, I guess it's really hard being a criminal now. So like you have you can do shortcuts. <laughs> and it's like yeah. thirty thousand yulongs to be able to figure out how to do this. Yeah. 
um, Spike starts to think it must be somebody who works for the gate organization, for the Astral mm-hmm. Gate organization. It has to be an insider if, if it's this kind of level of, of tomfoolery. Um, and meanwhile, while, you know, they're kind of, they're, he's doing the same Winchester thing. He's looking for lore. He's, yeah. he's really digging into that, into that space lore. Hitting the, uh, um, hitting the local churches. <laughs> hitting the local churches, talking to local historians. Um, he's digging around in the old library. Ed is fiddling around with what I thought was their computer, but I guess it's like a, a, a digital chessboard and she gets electrocuted. <laughs> and then Faye is just to be like, oh no, is she dead? And I just, um, I just want to com- com- call this out too because this entire time, like we, we've we've mentioned it before, that Ed is probably like the most quote unquote animated character in this mm-hmm. anime character, I should say. Um, and it's she's just so over the top in her reactions and everything. It's it's such a stark contrast compared to how serious the other three are at just about all times. Uh, so it's she's definitely acting like the kind of the comedy relief. Like when she gets electrocuted, she her arms start waving all over the place, and it's yeah. it's very funny and and kind of cute. Uh, luckily, she didn't die. <laughs> She just comes back to life and like continues her work, which I thought was really dope. Yeah, um, but she starts to uh, she just play chess. It's, it's time, it's time to do some 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 e chess as they some call it. E chess, yeah. Ed tells them that those pieces were used to play like remotely against players. Which, yeah, if the, you think about it, like wh- how we play online games nowadays, seems like the most comfort. Like, hey, let me buy this Mario amiibo so that you and I can play a Mario game together. Of course, that's probably what Nintendo is doing right now. Hold on, let me mm-hmm. let me re- let me take that mm-hmm. back. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're, they're memory chips as in, in, they're like for, for games of chess. So with this, this piece, with this memory chip, she's able to kind of like plug it in and then start playing this game that with, with this, this man, this, we're going to find out shortly that she, the old man we saw alone in the room playing chess earlier is the person that Faye or I'm sorry, Ed is playing with now. And um, Jet says, okay, well, I'm going to go try the, the Gate Corporation again. Let me try to do this. He manages to get in, in the room with the CEO. Uh, it's notable that he recognizes one of the security guys on his way up to the elevator. I would say uh, it's like another bounty hunter who was there. It's another bounty hunter. Okay, that's what it was. Um, once he gets in the room with the CEO, he lights a cigarette. Of course, they tell him to put it out, so he just throws it off into a plant. And uh, Jet kind of takes an aggressive position. It's like, hey, you're using us bounty hunters as pawns. You know exactly who this is, and you're just trying to cover it up. That's why nobody's going to be able to find out the, the the mastermind in all of this, because you're using Which is this. It's funny, because he's just fully bluffing, but he's like kind of right on the money. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he's a hundred percent correct. Yeah, but he doesn't yeah. even know that yet. Like, he just he's just kind of <laughs> guessing to try to get a reaction. Um, and of course, like he go, he gets kicked out immediately. So he's downstairs, like waiting for his sh- ship to be summoned. And uh, we find out that the cigarette that he put out was actually a bug, so he can listen into the office. And uh, sure enough, he know the CEO knows exactly who the mastermind is. It's a chess master hex was a guy that they hired for thirty fired thirty years ago from the project that they've always been concerned about because uh, we'll find out a little bit later that he pointed out potential problems with the gates. Yeah, but they went and they did it anyway, and he's just angry about it. Um, we get kind of a montage scene set to more set to some more like super good tunes where Ed <laughs> and more Chess- space ska. more space ska <laughs> where Ed and uh, uh, the Chessmaster Hex are playing chess together and like they're I-, I like this a lot like it's it's real goofy and it doesn't really like it's not I, I don't there's just something about them like tapping a square and like the piece materializing mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. that's something kind of I don't know it's just fun and cool. Yeah, uh, I really like all that stuff. I, I didn't think I would um, be all that interested in that type of thing. But it, it's just fun, and it just shows how, I guess, smart Ed is, mm-hmm. uh, the way that her brain works. I mean, we know she's like a genius hacker, but just watching her play chess and really like enjoy doing it is it, just fun. Uh Spike and Faye are trying to analyze the chess pieces, but they can't really come up with anything. All, all they store is just, you know, a history of moves, essentially. So um, I think what they're, they're they're trying to track, well, they're going to try to track, not yet, yeah. um, the location of Chess Master Hex through the chip, right? Or through the game? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because it's got to be transmitting somewhere. Um Jet calls in and says, like, oh, hey, like, I got an ID on this dude. His name is Chessmaster Hex. And uh, they try to get Ed to, like, hey, can you look this dude up and tell us all about him? And she's like, no, 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 I'm too busy. I'm playing chess right now. And she does some sort of crazy move. And then Hex, who also keeps a bird on him, because that's where we are in space, in, uh-huh. in Cowboy Bebop right now, um, tells his bird, Loki, like, oh, this person is either completely stupid or a genius to make this kind of mm-hmm. move. Uh, like, he's having, and he's been, like, cackling and laughing. Like, he's having the time of his yeah. life playing chess against he's having Ed. the time of his life. 
Yeah, she mm-hmm. like almost checkmates him, but then realizes that it's that's not true, so she does something else, and he's just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Spike fills us in on the history of Chessmaster Hex. Yeah, I keep wanting he to say finally chess- dug up that lore. I keep wanting to say Hexmaster Flex, which also sounds very Dark Souls. I don't know what that's, in my brain that is. That should it- be your new Twitter name. <laughs> Hexmaster Flex, yeah. yeah. Uh, weird, weird Flex, but okay. Um, <laughs> I was... Uh, I, I got my first really good weird flex but okay joke off the other day because I was on some thing somewhere and uh, this guy was talking about how he played he still plays Smash Brothers with his uh, GameCube controller that he bought in 2001 and I was like weird flex man okay <laughs> <laughs> like, congratulations on using a 17 year old GameCube controller to play a shitty fighting that's, game yeah, like whatever dude tight bro sweet <laughs> Good job. Um, so this dude started out as a, as a at a really young age as being a uh, programmer and engineer. Uh, he was super extremely smart. Uh, he built a lot of the gate technology, and then uh, very early on, he warned them to that before they were going to launch these things. He was like, "Oh no, they've got these problems, and uh, it could potentially kill people. You gotta you gotta shut it down." So they just fired him, and uh, and yeah, they just built them anyway because they were you know trying to get that money. Right, um, uh, and so what he like out of revenge programmed in like a uh, uh, a way to, to 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 have people steal from them i guess he programmed yeah, th- their in their ruin their future ruin yeah we're gonna we're, we're gonna find out that, that a little bit later i have some issues with that like the way this this goes out but even then like it's, it's still kind of cool and interesting um they they want Ed. They go back to Ed, and they're like, Ed, we we need your help. Like, and and Faye even goes so far as to try to take the chessboard away from Ed, and Ed just turns into like a feral dog. It's like no, <laughs> um, and she says, Oh, well, you, you don't you don't need to do that because I'm playing chess with Chessmaster Hex right now. And of course, they're all surprised, uh, but yeah. they use that link to be able to track him down. So they actually are going to go to try to find this dude, capture him, so that he can turn him in to get their twelve million oolongs. Yeah, um, and the, this is when they finally start like actually head out head out on location mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh we see that the the other bon- bo- bounty hunter jonathan which is a weird name for it's a bounty kind of hunter. Funny, yeah. <laughs> uh matt the wizard anyway yeah. uh jonathan is following him because he was you know he kind of spied on jet as he was overhearing all of the stuff through his cigarette bug so he knew that like oh if i follow this dude i'll be able to to, yeah. to you know swat right in um they they go to this like floating scrapyard and mm-hmm. uh, it's there's basically no government here like you can come here you can do whatever you want to uh, it's you know free for all essentially but it's it's it off is, the grid you, it is a bohemian rhapsody it is a bohemian rhapsody you might say okay um, but yeah it's it's cool it's just this abandoned scrapyard with like gate parts and wrecked ships that people just live inside of which is which is pretty cool um, but yeah Spike and 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 Faye they fly out there or jet kind of like hangs back trying to remind them that this could all be a big trap i think we're kind of expecting something big and bad to happen or at least the characters are i don't know as the audience it's like we we know that this old man playing chess is is hex master or whatever um but spike is very blase about all that whatever happens happens he says um and spike and Faye both make their way inside and this is where i think things start to get kind of fun and creepy and and funny absolutely uh and then Jonathan shows up first and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, like I'm here. I'm going to blast my way into this. I'm going to let you know that ahead of time. Um, yeah, he has a score to settle with the chess master, apparently. Um, the, the, the cuts are, are going to come real quick and fast because Spike and Faye have both entered this space station, I guess is what we're going to call it. Like this, this, yeah, this might thing. as well. It's, yeah. a, it's a haphazard space station that's sort of been like – it seems like it was, it was pulled together by like random scraps of metal so that it just could hold oxygen inside. Because <laughs> they get in there and they can – like Faye even says like, oh, I, I think there's, there's oxygen in here. Um, but they keep their suits on anyway. Yeah, and um, they 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 start exploring this place. We're flashing. We're cutting in between um, Edge chess game with Hex, and that gets getting more and more intense. And both of them are starting to freak out. Um, we start both Faye and uh, Spike start seeing a bunch of weird stuff. So there's yeah. a floating cat, then a dog floats by. Uh, Faye floats by like a uh, like a, just a bunch of weird homeless vagrants, like, dude. Because yeah, they have tomatoes like growing out of the wall or something. All these zero G dogs, drunks. Um, and they're just kind of like tripping out as they like float through here. There's, there's, some, hi- there's some hippies that offer to like yeah, smoke Faye out. <laughs> space stoners. <laughs> space hippies smoking some space weed, which I think is very yeah. good. 
uh, finally, Sp- Spike and Faye blast in through two different doors at the same time into the room that Chessmaster Hex is in while he's still playing chess with uh, Ed. At this, shortly afterwards, uh, Jonathan blasts in, and Jonathan is there to get his money from Hex. He's got some sort of money that he needs to, to that he either Hex stole from him or that he wants to collect the Wulongs for, or whatever. Um, and then our our kind of our kind of cameo characters that show up almost every episode. These three <laughs> <old> dudes <laughs> show up, and Hex is like, "Oh man, I'm having the best game I've played in years. This is fucking great." Like, I, but I could really use some lunch. And they're like, "You just ate a couple of minutes ago, man." He's like, "Oh, I did. I don't even remember that." Like, "Oh, you're lo- you're starting to lose it, Hex." Uh, and sure enough, yeah, we we find out um, that he's you know senile. That he's you know he's losing kind of his ability to remember or his short term memory or or what have you. Like he's he's mm-hmm. not all there anymore. Uh, Jonathan' reaction to this is just to blast everything in the room, which is really strange and weird to me. Yeah, he's just kind of losing his shit, but like nobody gets hurt. He's just blast the place up. Um, yeah, he's crushed. He can't get his money back now. Um, so eventually, uh, Spike what just like kicks the dude out of there, and yep, there's this 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 weird side conflict that like never really becomes an actual problem. He's just sort of there. Um, but then yes, Faye and Spike and this. Uh, shocking turn of um uh events i guess that they, they, they decide they can't turn this guy in he's not himself anymore it's just so very nice of them <laughs> yeah it's um so we, we find that out they, they they're just they're, they both they ask each other like what are we going to do with this guy um and then we cut over to jet who is back in the office of the of the gate company and um he's he tells them like hey he Hexmaster Flex. <laughs> yes, sorry. Um, <clears throat> he tells him, like, look, this dude, you fired him almost, you know, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever. Um, he laid out all of the groundwork for this. He wanted this to happen 50 years later, and then he lost his mind. He lost his faculties, so now he could turn senile, so he doesn't yeah. remember having set it all up, so you can't really do anything with him. Uh, so your problem is solved. He can't tell anybody anything. And, of course, the CEO is like, oh, okay, cool. And, and you know, Jet's like, but we can <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then their one opportunity to uh, ask for money because they they would definitely pay some hush money they just jet just says you leave that old man alone and that's it call off all the the, the other bounty hunters and, and we're even which is just about the nicest thing that these fellows have ever done it's extremely nice and for a lot of work that they've put out but you know they have some sympathy oh, yeah. for these these kind of weird outcasts and also he says you know if we if we do something with hex uh we'll make ed mad because this is ed's uh um favorite chess player favorite chess opponent so uh mm-hmm. yeah and uh we do get one final scene of jonathan who is just now living on the scrapyard and just like smoking the biggest spliff i've ever seen in animated form yeah yeah uh this guy's life is just you know it's it's gone down some paths and i think it's gonna things are gonna look up for him from now on he's gonna live out here in this uh this bohemian place and he's just gonna smoke that space weed and be be fine and that's pretty much the episode. We, uh, uh, I think we see one final scene of eventually they've been playing like Ed and Jet. No, excuse it's me. It's been a Ed, whole week. And, yeah. Hex <laughs> have been playing this game for a week, which completely trips the Faye the fuck out. Um, yeah. so, uh, finally, he finally gets the, the checkmate and closes his eyes. And I, I guess it's implied that he dies at this point. Like he just, he, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. 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 That's really, really <laughs> super sad. He just drifts off either way. Like we see him drift off and that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I like this a lot. Uh, I, I yeah. think this episode is the, great. The idea that he like did this 50 years ago or, or whatever, um, is is kind of ridiculous to me like how we recruited these people or like the flyers or whatever like if you think about it with any kind of length of time i think it falls apart but i don't care because setting up a trap for your this company that you hate 30 years in the future and then forgetting that it happened because you you know you lost your mind is 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 very sad and poignant and like an interesting twist to a revenge story definitely definitely um yeah even if like the logistics of it don't make a whole lot of sense i think the uh like the moral of the story kind of kind of hits that way. Um, I don't know why. Whenever I think of revenge stories, I always think of the Count of Monte Cristo, which kind of like epitomizes that revenge story. But it's like you come back after like twenty years or however the hell long it's supposed to be uh, in that, and then you find that everything is so different that it, it, extracting your revenge becomes very complicated and very strained. Uh, and in that, 
you know, it all still pretty much follows through. But here it's just very interesting to see this. Your life is defined first by your great work and then your great anger. Um, like he, he wants so badly to, to get revenge uh, on these people that he lives out in this bohemian society out in the middle of nowhere where he's free so that maybe he can plot and set these things up. And, you know, we don't know, again, the details of all this stuff, but your life is defined by these certain things. And then in the end, none of it matters. In the end, he's an old man who loves chess. Um, and the rest of it just sort of fades away while the, even though the consequences are still sort of spinning around him, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it is interesting. It's an interesting little uh, vignette of a, like of a, a window into this, this strange little story. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. And this, this is, um, this is, it's different than supernatural, uh, where I find most of the episodes that I like of supernatural are, are the ones that are furthering the overarching plot. Like they're, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, they're, they're lower episodes, I guess. Um, I, for whatever reason with this show like i almost like it the relaxed tone and when we don't get like i just like this like one-off like vignettes like you said like it's just like a short story in animated form that usually has some sort of twist or some sort of clinch at the end or some sort of emotional beat at the end that that that, that gets you it gets you in some way mm-hmm. and uh yeah this is another example of that and i, I just really like this episode I'm i'm really into it yeah, same. Um, I do want to point out real quick, just because the trivia section mentioned it, and I didn't know this, and I didn't, I wasn't smart enough to catch this, despite being kind of a chess nerd when I was a little bit younger. Uh, the two games that they that are sh- being shown, like with Chessmaster Hex versus uh, the computer, and then eventually versus Ed, are actually two famous matches from chess history, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, nice! Yeah, like they I they were rebreaking those those matches, which I thought was that's a kind of a that's a weird pull for. <laughs> anything like that's a it's we- a weird <laughs> amount of detail like i've I've seen like you know Beatles chess represented always has these weird like realistic details from stuff and it's like what year does this take it place in and why is it referencing a thing that i could know about <laughs> so strange and so cool uh i like it a lot though i'm uh, i'm looking forward to the next episode too the preview on this was uh Faye and kind of telling this like oh it's all about love it's all about true true love while spike and jet are like what Th- that's definitely not true i think jet even says you can't you definitely can't trust the previews on this one one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so i'm pretty excited about session 15 when we get to it yeah same um i always really like that episode so hopefully i like it this time as well uh do you want to wrap up you want to get out of here yeah let's close this ship up so uh thank you for everybody listening we very much appreciate it uh thank you for two two mellow makes for our uh intro and yes. outro theme it's super cool i believe that's two mellow at bandcamp.com or something something like that you can find it two mellow makes is really easy to find he's got youtubes and everything um shout out to vodka foley bb i don't remember if we've recorded since we actually got the art out uh so i don't know if i've shouted yeah, her out before know. but she she was the one that do art that has done our art if you follow me on twitter yeah. or you talk to me on discord that's where that's where my avatar is from so um thank you very much for that uh just search vodka foley bb you can find her tumblr and twitter and all of that chris where can people find you you can find me at local bones on twitter and i am at jg greer uh thank you especially to the patrons at patreon.com slash monster the week that made all of this happen if you want to talk to the podcast for any reason at motw cast if you want more episodes of me and chris talking shit about just about anything monster the week dot cool is the place to be and uh we'll be back next time everybody with sessions 15 and 16 Thank you.